Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers, and again, I'll be bringing another message out of the book of Revelation. And once again, also, we are in chapter 21. Last time, we began looking at verses uh, 12 through uh, 18, but today we're going to just kind of review some of those because I've had a lot of comments on some of those things in those verses. And then we'll try to move ahead in from verses 19 through 21. And you might look at that and say there's really not much there in 19 through 21, and there really isn't, but I don't want to go into 22 because the first part of this is looking at a general appearance of heaven, and then the second part, which I'm calling verse 22 on, you go inside the city and you begin to look at some of the things inside the city. So I want to save inside the city till next next time. So today I want to just kind of wrap this up as far as this first part that we're dealing with the general appearance of heaven. And I want to read for you as our context, Revelation chapter 21. I want to look briefly at verses 10, 11, and 12, and then maybe a couple of other verses. So if you would like to follow along with me in your Bible, Revelation chapter 21, I'll begin reading in verse, uh, I guess I'll read part of 9, uh, Revelation 21 Verse 9, the Word of God says, And one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, just there simply identifying the angel, uh, came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I shall show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Now, I want to stop right there for, for just a minute and then uh, uh, make a comment about that because I've gotten so much, uh, so many questions and, and people just uh, inquisitive about this. Uh, not argumentative, but inquisitive about this. It says, in, uh, in fact, if you'll look back at Revelation 21, uh, 2, it says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And then in verse 9, the angel says to John, taking him away, because he was caught up in the, uh, further away from this, he carried me away in the spirit, which is, I guess, symbolic or a picture of a spiritual journey. Whether he takes him further into the future, it's really hard to say, but he took him to where he could see what he needed to see to be able to write and report back to us. So... Uh, you look at verse 2, the holy city is Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. In verse uh, 9, he says, come here, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. Verse 10, and he carried me away to in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And so uh, one, of, one of the questions I've had asked to me, in fact, on, on many, many occasions this last week and the week before, was... It's like one, one girl said, she, all my life I've heard that new Jerusalem, the new heaven coming down out of heaven comes all the way to the earth and rests upon the earth. And then she said, and you mentioned this week that it's not coming all the way down to earth. And here, here's what I want to say to that. I, didn't, I, I did say it's not coming all the way to earth in the text. I don't know where it comes Look at what it says in verse 2. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, 
coming down out of heaven. So it's, there's motion here. There's movement here coming out of heaven from God all the way. Well, we don't know how far down it comes, and we, we're not to read into that. But then look at verse 10. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. Here it is again. Coming down out of heaven from God. Well, first of all, we don't know where John is. I mean, physically, he's on the Isle of Patmos. But spiritually, he's been called up into heaven. So he's in heaven, and he's looking up, and he sees new Jerusalem coming down out of God, out of heaven, out of from God. But again, we don't know how far down it comes. He doesn't show us where it lands, if it even lands. It may just come and hover upon the earth, kind of like, uh, or, or uh, we'll always be able to see it above the earth, like looking at the moon or looking at the stars or the sun. We don't know. Uh, and so you can, you can surmise it. Well, maybe it will come down and rest upon the earth, but it's just not given to us here. That's not important in John's message to give to us here. Another observation that we had in looking back at this, uh, the, the angel says in verse 9, Come here and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Definite articles here. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He's clarifying uh, the bride of Christ. And we've said already that the bride of Christ at this time uh, has been enlarged to include uh, more than just the, the, the church, the church age. It has been uh, enlarged to uh, widen uh, at the time of, it began to widen at the time of the marriage supper found in Revelation 19, and now includes all of the church, I mean all of the redeemed of all ages, of all times. And so it's really a lot more believers. Uh, it's very clearly marked out for us that the bride of Christ now covers all of the redeemed of the ages, and it begins in Revelation chapter uh, 20, uh, 19, actually. And so uh, those are just some general observations, but the, the, the uh, third observation is that when he says, come here, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb, the definite articles there is indicating that it is definitely these redeemed believers which are all the redeemed believers. But yet when John looks, he sees, and it says in verse 10, he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, a great and high mountain, and showed me the holy city. So he's looking at the city, and the, the angel has called it, come, I'll show you the bride. And so he's looking at this, and you can surmise from this, that based on what we've seen in verses 1, 2, and 3, all the way down to verse 9 and 10 in Revelation 21, that what he sees is the, the city that encompasses all of the redeemed of the ages. So the angel is looking at the occupants, and John is looking at the physical general appearance of where we will be living. And so that's why it's designated as two different almost like two different names for the same single place. The angel says, the wife, the bride of the Lamb, John sees the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down. Notice at this point, John doesn't see or make reference to seeing the believers there. 
And then another general observation I've had based on questions that I've, I've probably had some of these observations back when we looked at this two weeks ago. But these questions keep coming, and I want to take the time to answer them because they're important. And that is that when John sees this, uh, he sees the, the holy city coming down. The uh, angel calls it the wife of the bride of the lamb. That he sees this, and this is new. This is after. Remember now, we, we said that in beginning this, that this is the, uh, the, the, we refer to it as the passage that Jesus speaks to the disciples in John chapter 14, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And so this is being described for us, that place where Jesus is preparing this place for us, that he will come again and receive us to himself, and that we will be with him forever there. That's where he's talking about. This, uh, my father's house, has been being prepared for his redeemed all through the ages, all these redeemed, and he's going to let us live there forever. But in looking at this, this is not now. This is not what, in other words, my wife has just been uh, called to heaven. She's been there a couple of months now, and it's just amazing for me to even reference this in a sermon. Uh, But I think it's good for me to do that because that's actually where she is. But she's not in this part of heaven. This will be a new heaven and a new earth, so she's not in this part of it. I'm describing something that will be, by the time... The redeemed of the angels, uh, redeemed of the ages, see this part of heaven. I will be there with her, uh, and if you're a believer, you will be there with us. And so this will come much later. And what I was going to say a while ago is this: in 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 the as far as there is a chronological look, uh, in some respects, even though some people don't agree with the chronological order of the rapture and the millennium, but here you can. You can clearly see that Revelation 19 begins with the return of Christ. Revelation 20 is the millennial reign of Christ. The end of chapter 20 is the, uh, the end of the millennial reign of Christ here on earth, the thousand years. And then there is uh, the new heaven and a new earth created in chapter 21. So at this time, you've already had the rapture. You've already had the tribulation period. You've had the second coming. You've had the millennial reign of Christ uh, during the, uh, the, the, the millennium. You've had the end of the revolt at the end of the kingdom. Uh, you've had the destruction of the, all of that with the destruction of the earth. You've already had the great white throne, which is at the end of chapter 20. And now you're in chapter 21, and it's a new heaven and a new earth. So by the time... John is looking at this in in the future. Maybe this is why the angel had to take him away or further into the future to see what's going to become after all of this in the book of Revelation, or at least through chapter 20. So that is a mouthful, I understand. It is a lot to look at, but these are general observations that I think are, are, are interesting for us because... Like I say, if you have a loved one who has passed on and has gone to heaven, they're not in this part of heaven. We will be there with them when this part of heaven is revealed for us. Now, it is interesting that John doesn't mention any people there. 
any inhabitants of the city. You can go all the way through here, and he does not mention the inhabitants of the city. Well, is that really because they're not there yet? And we will not be there until after all of this chronological order moves precisely through, and then we will begin there with him. I mean, we'll be there all together. In other words, I'm not going to see this ahead of you. You're not going to see it ahead of someone else or your mother or your father or your sister. Or in my case, my wife is not seeing this ahead of me. We will all see it together. We will all live there together. That's why next week's message, as we go inside here, I've got a special title. I'm going to give that, and I'll give it to you next time. But it is so fascinating that we have any information about heaven because God has chosen to give this to us. He has chosen to give this to us, to encourage us, to let us know. Heaven is a real place. It is really going to happen. And another thing that is just about as, that is just as real as that, and it's the sad part of this, is that not everyone is going to heaven. And we've talked about that. Read Matthew chapter 7 and see if you think everyone is going to heaven. Everyone is not going to heaven. So we begin to move through here. And notice what he says in verse 10. Showed me the, the uh, holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And then he begins to uh, describe in general appearance for me. We looked at this, the glory of God and her brilliance. A costly stone like a jasper, crystal clear, as we said, like a diamond, just crystal clear. He sees this massive structure coming down. Look at verse 12. Great high wall, 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels, and the names of them were written. And we said that this is God including the 12, the Old Testament saints being represented here by the 12 tribes of Israel. And so this is all given to us in general appearance. John is just looking at this and observing this for us and recording back to us. And then look how he says it in verse 13. And I know we've already covered this, but this is like a review just to get to the uh, inside the city, which we will do next time. And, and we'll look at a little bit more of the exterior here that we haven't covered in just a few minutes. Those three gates... On the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And we, we said that these gates are uh, huge gates because of what dimensions are given to us. But then we'll get to that as we get there. Verse 14, the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. Now these foundation stones are described as the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones. And remember, this is laid out like a square or a cube. In fact, how do I know that? Because look at verse 15. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. So we can see that he's measuring this and look at what he comes up with. Verse 16. And the city is laid out as a square. There you have the square. And its length is as great as the width of and he measured the city with the rod 1,500 miles. And we said last week, that is a huge, massive structure of extreme beauty and brilliance coming down that John sees and is, I'm sure he's spellbound as he sees this massive structure coming down that he identifies as the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, verse 10. 
Now remember now, the angel identifies this as the, the uh, bride, the wife of the lamb coming down. And that's where we will be when we're all up there seeing that together. And so 16 lays the foundation for this and gives us the idea of 1,500 miles from the bottom all the way to the top. 1,500 miles. I wish I could illustrate how far that is, but to give you an idea of this, and I told you last week, and I had several comments on this, the space shuttle, when it was flying, would fly at approximately 250 miles above the Earth. And you you could just see this little speck going uh, traveling through as, as you could if you were privileged to be able to spot the space shuttle flying because of the uh, the reflection and you could see it up there that's only 250 miles up well this size of this city goes way beyond that to 1500 miles up wow two million square miles two million I gave you the exact number last week. Over 2 million square miles. So, why does he give us this? What is the point of this? Well, is it to tell us heaven is big, it's huge, it's massive? And, of course, we're going to look at the color and all that in just a minute. But he's, he, is he telling us? I don't know. Is he saying, heaven, you will have plenty of space and room in heaven. It is big enough to handle all the redeemed of all times. Now, it's not going to handle all of the uh, people ever born on the earth because we can see that. We see it in Revelation. We see it in Revelation 13, 8. We see it in several different places that many, 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 according to even Matthew 7, are not going to heaven. They may think they are. They may be even teaching Sunday school or seminaries or or pastoring churches or wherever, doesn't mean they're going to heaven. What means you're going to heaven is your personal relationship to Jesus Christ. In fact, that's going to be emphasized here in just a minute as well. And so this measuring of the city, 2 million square miles, and I, I remember last week mentioning to you that some have asked, uh, Henry Mars, for example, is there enough room in heaven? And he measures it all out and talks about that. And it is plenty of room in heaven. But then he comes to verse 17. And he measured his wall <clears throat> 72 yards according to, in case anybody wants to refute this, by saying, well, there's a couple of feet difference between a, the way an angel would measure it and the way a human would measure it. John covers that. Whether you're looking at human measurements, which are also angelic measurements, is included, included in the Scripture. And so he measures the wall, and we just concluded last week, it's not 72 yards high because it doesn't, notice it doesn't tell us anything more than the wall being 72 yards. It doesn't say what we concluded last week and what we're going to mention again, but I believe that it's obvious that the wall is 72 72 yards, in other words, that takes 72 times 3, 72 yards thick. That is a thick wall. That is a very thick wall, and we're looking at this wall, and we're looking at the city, and we're thinking what a massive, massive structure this is. And think about how thick 
uh, 72 yards would be. 72 yards. And most of our homes have a wall from exterior, even your exterior uh, covering, whether it be uh, uh, hardy board or whether it be brick, all the way to the inside of the sheetrock, just so you'll know how thick that wall is. Generally, it runs about 12 inches. That may be large for some houses because in some houses, it runs as little as 8 inches. So that gives you, a, but this in heaven is going to be 72 yards thick. So he's referring to this and giving us this crystal clear uh, image of this in, as far as the dimension of the general appearance of this. And it is uh, it's quite amazing, isn't it, to see the size of the city. So this is the general appearance, the exterior design of the city. And so this high wall is mentioned, the gates are mentioned, the names are mentioned. And then the uh, verse 13, we, we looked at the, the gates on that side. We look at the measuring of this, verse 17. And then in verse 18, the material of the wall was jasper. And the city was pure gold like crystal clear or clear glass. So you say, well, wow. So John's adding more information to the general appearance of the city. And so we're looking at this thinking, wow, this is, this, this is extreme beauty. If there's one thing that is for certain in heaven, <coughs> heaven is going to be a place of beauty. Now let me say, let me clarify what I mean. No, I don't have to clarify. We, we know it's going to be beautiful. But it's going to be beautiful because of the colors. I think all of the colors up there are going to be amazing. You get the picture here that not only is heaven big enough, and we're all going to be there at the same time. No one's going in earlier than the other. I guess you could say since we're moving through the universe, all of this is kind of uh, really silly to even think about all of this, but... I think it's helpful to understand that heaven is not only going to be big enough, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be large. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be uh, a demonstration of, of, of his creative ability. And noting even the 72-yard thick wall, and I even had two or three people ask me this week, why does he mention how thick the wall is if you can see through it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why it's mentioned like that. I just don't know that it's 216 feet thick, uh, but it shows the preciseness or the exactness of what gives us. It uh, really doesn't matter uh, about the size of the wall, whether it's 216 feet thick or whether it's uh, 16 feet thick. It, it has no relevance to us other than the fact that John's giving it to us, which means he's been instructed to write down what to say and what to give us. And so we're, he's just following orders. Uh, and so we're, we're given that measurement. And then when we get to verse 18, the material of the wall was jasper. And we see that back all the way back to verse 9. There was diamond wall-like. It's, 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 it was like a diamond wall. No wonder that he saw uh, that he could see through it. He's describing a brilliant stone here with no flaws. You got 1,500 mile walls on all sides with diamonds. And that's just one massive cube diamond. It's, it's just like a brilliant jewel coming out of, uh, out of the heavens. One large, massive diamond. 
Uh, now, normally, uh, a cube wouldn't necessarily even get our attention, but this one does. A simple cube wouldn't refract enough light. You would need more cuts than this, and there's plenty of other things that are going to be contributing to that, but the material of the wall is jasper. And then you look at this and the city and the rest of what it, of what it is, it's pure uh, gold, like clear glass, is, is what he is saying here in verse 18. The material of the wall, jasper, the city, pure gold, light, clear glass. You say, well, why does it have to be clear? And you would make, you'd be amazed at how many questions I get like that. Why does it have to, or why does it say, and... Uh, you know, I just can't answer all those questions because I don't know. I'll find out when you find out when we get there and we're able to just look. Uh, but uh, one person even mentioned, well, you'll have no privacy. <laughs> well, that's true. That may be exactly true, but uh, uh, will you actually need privacy in heaven? You know, I don't know. What about if you just want to go have a little time where you don't want anybody looking at you? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think it's going to be uh, totally different. Uh, we've already seen just from the first part of this chapter, life there is going to be so different than what life is here in the flesh. Then John takes us to the foundation stones. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone, and he laid down the, the, the foundation uh, from the bottom all the way to the top, and it's an amazing detail, absolutely amazing. And so I'm not going to go through all of these stones with us, because I'll just give you some general things about the stones. There's two verses where it lists the stones. It's found in verse 19. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. And then he gives number one. The first foundation stone was jasper. Then in verse 20 at the end, you get the twelfth stone. Uh, which uh, lays out twelve different stones. And just generally about these stones, as we see eight of these stones are found in the breastplate of the, of the high priest. Uh, you find that, and you can go to uh, Exodus, I think it's verse, uh, chapter 28 and 38, or chapter 28, maybe 39 there. Uh, but four of the stones, you, you don't ever find listed anywhere. And, and uh, there's different ways to pronounce some of these stones, so I'm not even going to go through those stones, except to cover the colors of these stones. Because that's where the beauty is going to come. Jasper, it's white, crystal clear diamond with its flashing colors. Uh, the second, you see that sapphire, uh, and I'll just pronounce a few of them because I can pronounce them. Uh, it's blue, but the third is, uh, is, uh, is more like a sky blue. So you're starting to find a mixture of the colors here, translucent stripes of color. The fourth is the emerald. Well, of course... Uh, blazing bright green would be the color of an emerald. The fifth, uh, which is red and white stone. Uh, and then the sixth is sardis. It's a, it's a common red stone. So you can already see these colors are going to be refracted throughout all of heaven. And, and we're going to see all of these colors. Now, the seventh stone uh, it really is a transparent sort of lucid gold tone or yellow tone stone. Then it says the eighth, which is burl, is a sea green. And the ninth, a topaz, which is a yellow green. The tenth is, is shades of green. The eleventh uh, was a brilliant, shining, violent color. And then the twelfth is 
There's amethyst, which is purple. Uh, you know, it's, and I, I don't really want to spend any time in deciphering all of these other than say, man, he gives us this with such detail and such color. And so what you have here, of course, is just blazing, blazing. Uh, it's like a, a canopy or a, a blanket of brilliant colors that will light, uh, which reflect or are going to be glowing because of God's glory shining through and make up the foundation of the heavenly city. The general picture is that uh, it's just unbelievable beauty, indescribable beauty, a spectrum, as one writer puts it, of color blazing everywhere. I can't imagine what that's like. They say, and I've never seen this, but to be uh, standing in a good spot, whether it's Norway or some other places, even northern uh, part of the United States or up near Alaska or, or, or Canada, you can see the northern lights. Uh, and they say that the, the, the general appearance of that is just when you start to see it and you have a good night and you have a good view of it, that it is just breathtaking. It just takes your breath away. And I've never been privileged enough to be able to see that. But I can imagine that because that's what we have here. Indescribable beauty, a spectrum, as one writer puts it, of color blazing everywhere. The light of the gold, the diamond transparent city shining through, the diamond walls pushing this light through all of the colored jewels uh, forms a, a scene, as another writer puts, of dazzling, wondrous, incredible beauty. I would think our words, English words, can't even describe what John is trying to lay out for us. Now remember now, these gates could well run the full height of the city, verse 21. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. You see that? Look at that, verse 21. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. It lays that out exact so we don't confuse the issue here. And the street, and we'll look at this just briefly, and we'll mention it again next week. The street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. All other precious gems are metals, but this is a pearl, and this gem is a gem formed within the oyster. Uh, it's the only one formed by living flesh. And so isn't it interesting that that is like that? So I begin to look up, well, how is an actual... Uh, uh, pearl formed in an oyster. Well, and the oyster receives an irritation or a wound around the uh, around it that is penetrated and, and hurt it. The oyster builds a pearl. The pearl, we might say, is the answer of the oyster to that injury that that he's had injured. That the the pearl is formed. So many have said, and I, I think Donald Gray Barnhouse says this, and the glory. Land of the Lord's answer is in Christ to the wicked man who crucified his beloved and put him to the open shame. How God, how like God it is to make the gates of the new Jerusalem pearls. The saints, as they come and go, will forever be reminded as they pass through the gates of pearls that they're passing through the gates of glory that access to God's home is only because of Calvary. In other words, he's saying every time we pass through, a look at these pearls is going to remind us of how a pearl is formed in an oyster through pain and suffering. 
And so, well, here's the way another writer puts it. Think of the size of those gates, supernatural pearl from which they are made. What gigantic suffering is symbolized by the gates of pearl. Throughout the endless ages, we shall be reminded by those pearly gates, and then again, I'm still quoting Donald Gray Barnhouse, of the immensity of the sufferings of Christ. These pearls hung eternally, as it were, at the access routes to the glory, and it will remain for us forever, uh, reminding us of the one who hung upon a tree, who answers, to, who's, who is the answer to those who are who injured him. Uh, he is to invite invite them to forever share his home. In of quote, it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture here. So I'm going to have to end this because I am out of time. I went much longer than I wanted to go. But again, you've been listening to William Rogers giving you a picture and a look at heaven as John has recorded for us in Revelation chapter 21, uh, verses, generally speaking, verses 9 through verse 21. Next week, we'll begin looking at verse 20, uh, verse 22. So again, thank you so much for joining us.